What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are going to be doing a book review of, I mean, one of the most popular books in the self-help world. It's called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, um, who is a psychiatrist and has basically spent his life's work talking about PTSD and how it affects the body. And that brain body connection that I think, uh, the more we've done episodes on the show, the more we're talking about that. So we're very excited to dive in that into that today. Yeah. Is this the book that Nor recommended when Nor was on yes. the show? Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. Yes. And like every, it maybe more than any other book has popped up in conversation with whether it's our guests or, um, the people in my life I see for, uh, physical healing, like, uh, acupuncture and craniosacral stuff everybody's always like, you got to read the body heap score. Wow. It's yeah, it's a popular one for a reason. So, um, also quick little shout out. Uh, this is coming out on Monday, November 8th, which means I would have just done grand rapids at Dr. Grins. Thank you so much to the helpsters that came out to that in real life. I just finished doing, um, the San Francisco punchline and man, there was a a guy with a type a plus shirt in the crowd and, (laughs) Just, it is, I know I sound like a broken record, but it means so much to meet you helpsters at the shows. Thank you for coming. Um, I'm going to be at the Off the Hook Club in Naples, Florida, November 16th and 17th, and then the Sacramento Punchline, November 26th through the 28th, and then just 2022 is loading up. So go to KelseyCook.com, get those tour tickets. Uh, Delaney, what's going on with you? 
Um, you can check out Eficionado the podcast uh, at delaneyfisher.com and information about my business simplicity coaching program will be there as well. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur service provider and you are looking to scale your business in a more unconventional way, that is what the podcast is all about. So feel free to check that out. And then I do have something I'm really excited about that is launching in 2022. And it's basically the answers to, um, how I've been able to build um, more than one business without having um, a lot of kind of mainstream things. You know, I've never had to buy ads. I've never had a publicist. I've never had an enormous social media following, stuff like that. Right. And um, I'm just kind of releasing that to the public. It's the reason I can have a social media free business. And so I'm uh, packaging that up for people and I'm going to be offering that in 2022. So if you want more information, go to DelaneyFisher.com if that sounds like something you're wanting to learn about. Amazing. Um, So let's kick it off with a quotable that is from the author, Bessel van der Kolk. Um, It is, when you activate your gut feelings and listen to your heartbreak, when you follow the interoceptive pathways to your innermost recesses, things begin to change. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully by the end of this episode, we all feel like we can focus more on listening to our gut because that's not always what we want to do, right? Like our, our brain likes to take charge sometimes in a way that isn't yeah. always helpful to our healing. Yeah, you know the, those moments that you just know something to be true for you and you can't really explain why. You can't like list a laundry list of reasons, mm-hmm. but you just know in your body. Yeah. I love that. I think we should all be following that a lot more. Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, basically, <laughs> the overview, like we've said, it's talking a lot about trauma. So trauma, it's incredibly common in our society. It results from an experience of extreme stress or pain that leaves an individual feeling helpless or too overwhelmed to cope with adversity. And traumatized people tend to mistrust anyone who hasn't experienced that same suffering they have and assume that nobody can understand them, which if you've experienced that feeling, it, it can feel really lonely, right? Yeah. Because you feel like ultimately nobody can connect with you on that same level that you feel that you're on in terms of that specific trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Delaney, you want, you want to talk about flashbacks? Yeah. Flashbacks cause people to relive the mental and physical experience of trauma when they're reminded of it. So when a PTSD sufferer sufferer is reminded of their trauma, their body and brain enter a high stress mode since they experience the memory as if it were real. This is called a flashback, an impact of trauma that the author studied in an experiment he carried out with his patients. So each patient agreed to listen to a recording of a script that recreated their traumatic experience. As the script played, participants inhaled air with a tiny concentration of radioactive particles activity in the activity in the left half of a patient's brain the side responsible for rational thinking slowed down and effectively deactivated a deactivation like this makes it difficult for PTSD sufferers to realize that the things they hear see and feel during a flashback aren't real. The patient's stress hormone levels shot up and stayed high. For the mentally healthy, stress hormones will spike and then decrease as soon as a threat has passed. But for those with trauma in their past, these hormones take much longer to return to normal levels. Oh man, what a, how strange. 
our bodies yeah. and our minds are so strange like that where mm-hmm. we can logically know the thing isn't happening, but our body is, it feels completely real to it. Yeah. What the fuck? This is fascinating to me that they, they inhaled air with tiny radioactive particles so they can actually see yeah. that in the part of your brain that would help you to go, hey, everything's fine, yeah. it's deactivated. Wow. Like it's it's just not working at the capacity that it's supposed to. And then at the same time, those stress hormone levels are peaking. And I, I don't know if you've experienced this where you um you come out of a nightmare, yeah. you're having a really bad dream, and you wake up and there's that period of time where it takes you a little while to convince yourself that it's not real. Mm, and that yeah. always feels so out of body. Uh, you know, no pun intended or whatever, but that yeah. you're, you're a logical person. You're an adult. You know logically that what you were just dreaming was just a dream. And yet there's that period of time right afterward where you have to really, really get back in your body and let those stress hormones calm down because there's still this part of your brain that's like, but wait, are, are we sure that that's not real? And it, it's crazy yeah. to me that as adults, we can still experience that. Right. And I'm, I'm, assur- I'm assuming that this is a survival instinct, right? Like we're, our yeah. bodies just got to make sure, look, let's just treat this as if it were real because yeah. just in case it is, we want to make sure we're on high alert, ready to make a move at any second. Have right. you, have you experienced this Kels with, um, like, you, you know, logically something is not happening, but your body is responding very differently. Yeah. Um, I've, I've mentioned a few times on the show this year about how, um, one of my family members was hospitalized for the first half of this year and, um, is still, um, they're, they're out of the hospital, but they are still experiencing the condition that, um, they've been diagnosed with. And I for sure was traumatized from the first half of this year. And now anytime something happens, with that person's health, that even if it's like just a small blip, yeah. if it's a bad thing, I like, I am instantly in tears. And yeah. I know that logically it's like, okay, let's just take this information for what it is. We don't need to go into a full panic, but my body, it's like it, it, something happened to it yeah. with that time with me going and being in the hospital with them every day. It just really put me to this place where now it's, it gets triggered very easily to go back to that place. And, um, it's tough. Like I can feel, I really relate to what, um, Dr. Koch is saying about, uh, for those with trauma in their past, these hormones take much longer to return to normal levels. I used to, I feel like I used to have, um, not to use a sex term, but like a short (laughs) refractory period with stress, you know, right. Right. (laughs) Where I could like, kind of rebound back and be okay after something like would spook me or startle me. And now it takes a lot of coaxing and coaching for me to be like, it's okay. Take a breath, calm down. It takes a lot longer. And Mm. I hope that it can ease up over time, but yeah, I'm I'm still in that and it sucks. Um, gosh. Yeah. It sounds like what you're describing it. I know that this is for me too. When I have felt that way, it just feels like, um, like you, you like 
your nerves are exposed and any little touch can fuck your shit up for lack of a better yes. phrase, you know, anything. And I know that, um, when I think about there's certain, there's certain moments in my life, uh, that I've experienced trauma and I'm in the, in the midst of trauma right now, which I'm sure I'll bring up at this episode during this episode. But, um, yeah. a big one for me was real, was realizing that my first love, my first boyfriend, he admitted that he had been cheating on me for a really long time. Like basically had a double life in a way, like a second relationship behind my back. And yeah. I just, that I just feel like that changed my, it changed me for a very long time. I mean, it, yeah. I think forever really. And for sure. yeah. Yeah. And, um, I've never experienced the, I've, you know, I've, I've had bad news given to me before, but the way that it reacted in my body was so like, my appetite was completely gone. I was breaking down and crying, you know, over little things. I was having yeah. really vivid nightmares. Like my body was really, really in shock. Um, and <laughs> even after that, I remember dating other people after that. And the slightest thing that reminded me of him and somebody else, I was fucking out of there. I did not stick around. Wow. Um, and it could have just been a very minor thing. It could have been mm-hmm. a minor, it could have been a coincidence. It could have been something this person said in a way. And it's like, my body was reacting as if it were the same person, even though it wasn't. And I logically right. knew it wasn't the same person, but it didn't matter because it was like a flip had switched in my head. And I had within an instant, I would lose all attraction to the person. I couldn't turn it back on. Oh my so God. It's wow. almost like my, yeah, my body or brain or something was not allowing me to go there. Yeah. And it took a really long time for me to be able to be attracted to people that I was dating um, and, and connect with somebody. Wow. Yeah. And I think because, that was yeah. a big part of why I, you know, I dated so many different people because I really just, I was having a hard time connecting. I wasn't, something was off. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I have a wonderful husband now. So it's like, you know, it's <laughs> went through all that shit. But, um, but even with Cam in the beginning, there were some things that I was like, uh Oh, I, I want to run away right now, but I, but I'm don't, I'm not going to, like, I don't want to. Um, but mm. there was a, there was a moment where I was reacting. Like I Cam had an, a situation or something and I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's going to cheat on me or cheating on me or something. And I put up my defense mechanisms right away and then quickly realized that wasn't the case. And I had to like, Oh, Oh shit. That's right. Not everybody is this guy that I was with. Yeah. Oh, weird. So yes. Yes. It's interesting though, because we've seen, um, like we've seen YouTube clips and stuff about how people go through a traumatic relationship experience and they're like, never again. I will never get fooled again. And then sometimes people end up getting fooled again. And so I think we take those stories and go, well, then it could happen to me. And that makes you even more on high alert of like, well, other people got duped a second time. So like I need to be extra vigilant, hypervigilant. And it's, yeah. Dude, so crazy. I even remember a moment. I was like in my dorm room at the time by myself feeling horrible. And I even remember telling myself, I will never give somebody power 
or control over my emotions ever again. Nobody will ever have this kind of power over me. And so, and that was the case for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's like your body really tries to preserve itself. Or like you really go into protection mode after something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, childhood trauma has negative impacts and not just in a person's youth, but well into adulthood too, which we have discussed heavily on the show. Um, Uh, With brains that aren't even fully developed, children who undergo trauma are at greater risk to experience a wide range of negative consequences. These consequences surface in the years immediately following their experiences and later in adulthood. Traumatized children often expect bad things to happen, Uh, which, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> you're waiting for the other shoe to drop waiting for the other shoe to drop you think it's kind of like what i just said about uh people who have been in a traumatic relationship it's like if you if it's happened to you once and you go well then it means it can happen again yeah and so you're always kind of looking to protect yourself or you let the trauma uh if somebody treated you poorly growing up you let that inform how you're supposed to be treated. You might then say to yourself, well, this is, I guess, just how people treat me. Mm-hmm. And this is just what I accept and allow because uh, it's apparently what is meant for me. Oh, gosh. Man, childhood you know? uh, childhood experience is so vital. It's like any <sighs> little thing. It's like, it's like a human being is being shaped by every experience. It is very strange to think about that. So much pressure on parents. So much pressure to to not fuck kids up. Right. And it's like there's no perfect way to parent. Right. You you know, you can give your kid everything in the world and then maybe they go out with a complex that they that life is easy and then they get everything they want, right? It's like Yeah. I look at I, I think of um celebrities on social media and you see them throwing these extravagant parties for their kids. And the kids look so happy and you think, well, yeah, make, let's make these kids happy. Why wouldn't, if they have the means to give them this incredible birthday party, yeah. sure, that seems like an, an absolute dream. And then, but you also wonder about the flip side of that, like, eh, are they going to grow up with crazy expectations of how they should be treated? And are they going to be a diva and a monster? It's like, <laughs> right. <sighs> or it's like, you know parents do everything that they can within their home to parent a certain way. And then the kid goes off to school and has like a traumatic experience with another kid or a teacher or oh it's like, and you just, you can't control all of it. <sighs> yeah. That's what's so tough. I can't, oh my gosh, I'm sure that's a big, big part of what scares me to be a parent is like, I'm just, that is yeah. a lot of pressure. And I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's, parents do it. Yeah. I think it's accepting that we're all going to encounter some level of trauma in our lives. Uh, And it's just going, okay, well, let's make sure that we have the tools to deal with it. Shout out our sponsor, BetterHelp, who we (laughs) love. I mean, but truly, like, it's about, what's that famous quote that's like, it's not what happens to you, it's how you deal with it. Or, I mean, I just totally butchered it, but you guys know that (laughs) famous quote. I, I get it. I smell what you're stepping in. Yeah. Thank you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. um, I think I think uh, Glennon Doyle and, and Untamed mentioned this too, is like we have this feeling like we want to protect our kids against bad things or negative things or traumatic things. And it's like, what if we 
yeah, what if we didn't? Like, what if we stopped resisting and just accept the fact mm-hmm. that that's going to happen and yeah. help them navigate that, you know, support them in navigating that. And I love that because that is like my first reaction would be like, oh gosh, don't, don't go too far, you know, into the neighborhood by yourself, like stay in my little bubble. But like, wait, what is that doing for somebody, you know? Right. Um, That helicopter parent is, I think it's finding that balance, which I mean, I'm not a parent. I can't even imagine how hard that is to do. can't either. Um, And the next section, you know, while normal memories fade and change, traumatic memories are vivid, unchanging, and easily triggered. When we tell stories, we tend to embellish and exaggerate or omit parts of our experiences. By the fifth time you've told a story, chances are it'll be quite different from the first version. We even remember things differently over time. We don't tend to memorize the sensory details of events. Most of us remember what we did or how we felt in general, but don't store vivid memories about the smell of the room we were in or the exact details of someone's face. But it's a different story when it comes to traumatic memories. We remember these situations vividly and the memories don't change over time. When people are asked to recall traumatic memories, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, um, it plays a far more important role. So trauma stays with you both in your body and your brain. Oh my gosh totally resonate with that. Yes. Like even just what I was talking about, I remember exactly where I, like when, when I had this phone call with my first boyfriend who, and I ended up asking him and he finally came clean that he had been cheating on me. I was in um, the hallway in my parents' old house. I remember pacing around. I remember, like, I remember being in that moment so vividly, but then I'm like, oh, what do I remember about my, about my like seventh birthday party? I don't know. Oh (laughs) yeah. I remember I see the pictures. I'm like, Oh, that Mm -hmm. must've been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, or even older, like my college graduation. I remember some things or whatever, but that one moment, it's just like, so it's so ingrained in my head. Weird. Yep. So weird. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Smell is... Uh, we all know huge, huge um, sense that takes you back to places all the time, and I, especially yeah. with trauma that that comes into play. Yes, and it's so weird because I won't remember something until I smell it later on. Like, oh wow, this smells like that moment, but I'm not cognizant of that moment smelling that way in that moment or shortly after that moment. You know what right. I mean? It's only much right. later. Music does that to me too. Hearing something specific will bring me back immediately. Right, wow, right. So strange. Yes. Oh my God. M- music, so much. Like, yeah. I j- so weird. I just experienced this yesterday. Part of the 
family member of mine, their hospitalization, I made a playlist for them that were some of their favorite songs and songs that I was hoping would help bring them out of kind of that comatose um, catatonic state. And so I would play it for them every day in the hospital. And I just heard like the song, one of the songs popped up in a commercial yesterday and I was like, oh, like, ooh, like cannot... I need some time away from this song. Like, don't yeah. don't want to hear this song right now. Immediately, I was back in the hospital. It was uh, oh, that's what's so tough. Is like so we weird. all use music to help us get through hard times. But I have ruined so many songs going through, uh, you know, breakups or a, a tough time in my life because now when I listen to it, I'm like, well, that's all I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and food does that to me too. If I see something or taste something like, oh my gosh, this tastes like <laughs> this thing I had in, as a kid with this person. Yeah. You know? Oh, the graveyard of restaurants that get left behind in relationships. Where oh, you're like, yeah. Well, I will never walk through that restaurant door again because yes. I can't go there without thinking about that person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So true. Yep. So true. Um, so uh, a big thing that Russell likes to talk about uh, is the benefits of yoga, which is I really need to. I, I need to give yoga that. more of a try. I was doing <laughs> hot, I was doing uh, hot yoga for a while years ago, and I liked it because it was so um, intense. And I'm such like an adrenaline junkie and a sports person that just plain old yoga f- seems boring to me, and I I have a hard time getting into it. But after reading about it more with this book, it, I'm like, okay, I, sh- I should go do this. So yeah. um, yoga offers trauma sufferers a safe way to explore the relationship between their body and mind because they share such a close relationship. In order to live a balanced, stable life, we need to understand how our emotions work and how they impact our bodies, like where in our bodies we are storing that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, trauma can make it very difficult because it often leaves people with this hypersensitive alarm system in our bodies. Um, but there is a healthy way to cope with overwhelming emotions in the aftermath of trauma, and that is yoga. So, um, Del, I feel like you've done more yoga than I have. Um, not really. I did when I was younger. Actually, yoga was something that when I got really sick um, when I was 15, mm-hmm. and if you're not sure, we did a, um, a homeschooling episode that can tell you a little bit more about what happened with me, but um the practitioner that I had had recommended yoga as a really great way for reducing anxiety and relieving stress and might even help my digestive issues that were happening. Right. Um, So I did it a lot back then. And then just kind of, you know, here and there throughout, but I'm not a flexible person. So doing yoga classes always made me feel like kind of uncomfortable and like I wasn't doing it right. Um, and so anytime I do yoga, it's completely by myself. I don't do classes anymore. I don't do like around other people. I just kind of do whatever feels good, you know, for my body. Right. Um, and I kind of feel that way about a lot of classes actually is like, I think I was always in my head in them and I don't like being in my head when I'm doing that type of body movement. I'm just trying to like be intuitively move it the way that it feels good and not like try to follow a strict kind of, you know, routine or regimen of it, you know? Yeah. I hear that for sure. Your body will tell you what it needs too. It's like, oh, I really feel like I need to stretch my back or do this. And that's not always the case when you're in a class. I mean, they're working out everything, but you might feel like you need a little extra attention in some areas or something. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
mindfulness and supportive relationships are essential to trauma recovery. Mindfulness is all about maintaining a conscious awareness of your body and your emotions rather than denying them. This is especially tough after trauma as painful memories cause us to repress our emotions rather than address them. Um, mindfulness can alleviate the psychological and physiological impacts of trauma from depression to stress to psychosomatic conditions like chronic pain. It can also improve immune responses, active re or activate regions of the brain that help regulate emotions and balance out stress hormone levels. And aside from mindful mindfulness, supportive personal relationships are indispensable on the road to recovery from trauma by building a network of family members, friends, and mental health professionals uh, patients can ensure they always have someone to turn to when they need help. These networks can be formed through AA meetings, religious congregations, veterans organizations, et cetera. That's so interesting though, Kels, because like what you just said, sometimes you'll like hear a song and you just can't go there and you, you want just can't. to shut it off and shut it yeah. down, you know? So it's yeah. like, sometimes it's like, yeah, like being present can be helpful and important, especially when it's like you have to be able to separate what's really happening and what's not happening, like what's happening in your head and what's happening in front of you. Right. But sometimes like, I don't know, for me, I feel that same way too. Like if I don't feel like crying about something right now, <laughs> if it feels a bit inconvenient, I will kind of shut that off. Like, you know what? I'll maybe I'll listen to that song later on when I feel a little bit differently or I'm in a different situation or, you know, put, yeah. put, put it in a different slot. You need that buffer period sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's to be expected with everybody. You can't go through something traumatic and then be like, all right, we're fixing this right now. Like you need time to heal. Yeah. You need time to rest. But yeah, over time I've become pretty determined and stubborn about reclaiming music <laughs> and like reclaiming <laughs> yeah. things I love. I really hate I the it. idea of like, uh, this was a song that meant so much to me and now I can't listen to it. So, uh, I've, I've been ex almost experimenting with PTSD a little bit where if a song was really hard for me to listen to in the past, I've tried to play it now and I'll just like start it up, just check in with myself, be like, you doing okay? How are we doing? And then it's been, it's been nice to bring some things back. And even if it's not something I'm going to be listening to all the time, just the fact that I can hear it and be okay is a victory for me. Oh my God. Yes. You know what I just thought about is kind of basic, like when you have that thing that triggers you immediately, it's almost like actively consciously forming a new memory around it, like a happier yeah. one. And, um, there's a place that my, this first love of mine, this, this ex-boyfriend worked at, mm -hmm. and it's like a chain that's fucking everywhere. And I couldn't go into that place. Like a, as I got older, I just couldn't, the, the smell of it would make me sick immediately. Yeah. And then I couldn't fucking ignore it because part of my job at some point was having to go in there into this chain thing. Um, and I couldn't, I had to like, I had to do it and I had to kind of develop new, new memories around it and stuff like that. Um, wow. but I think I had to, um, go to this place with a friend and be like, I'm having a hard time being in this setting. It's bringing all kinds of horrible things back for mm, me and yeah. like go there and have a nice conversation about nice things that are happening and like, oh, oh yeah. Right. So it's like actively saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to ignore this thing anymore. And now I have to, I have to like adapt to it. Um, yes. this may have, this may be confusing when I, 
I was a tour guide um, as part of my jobs uh, in my 20s. And part of the tour was going ending at a gift shop, which also was attached to like a place where you can get some food and drinks and stuff. So I had to drop my guests off there and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, you had to be all, all up in it. I had to be all up in it every day. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I had to, I had to fucking deal with it head on. And I had been avoiding it for years. I had not gone into a place right. like that for years. Um, so yeah. yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On a um, a more like funny end of scent recognition, I just did yeah. uh, the Sklar Brothers and Daniel Van Kirk's podcast called Dumb People Town. Um, <laughs> nice. It's a really popular podcast and we they share stories of crazy people doing dumb things in the news. And so a Florida man had broken into, um, or I guess not broken into, but he went into a bath and body works and stole 30 candles and like tried to like pepper spray. Pe- anyway, this whole crazy thing, but we were talking about bath and body works sense. And those were such like those formative years of Bath and Body Works. And oh they God, asked yeah. me if I remembered, I was like, they are burned into my nasal passage. Oh, like, for sure. Let's just experiment with something right now. I'm going to yeah. say words to you and tell me if you can smell it in your nose immediately. Okay. <laughs> Cucumber yeah. melon. I can't smell it in my nose, but in my head, I know exactly what it smells like. Well, that was you know one what I mean? Favorites. Yeah. Like not, but like, you know, exactly the smell I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I know it. And I liked, I liked the apple one. What was the country the apple. apple? Country apple. That was always my go-to. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Warm vanilla sugar. Oh yeah. Oh, I can smell that. Yep. On my hand. Yeah, totally. Yep. Very weird. Like <laughs> it's so plumeria. Uh, God, there were so many, but they just, and one of the hosts was joking about that he associates that with the smell of an ex. And that's a, that's a crazy thing when you're out in public and somebody walks by you and it smells like an actual person that you used to date. You're like, Oh my God, that was a fucking fucking crazy flashback feeling. Yeah. So weird. Um, this is an interesting line about like building a network of family, friends, mental health professionals, all that. I can say though, as, um, past year and a half, there was some trauma that happened that I experienced that was, um, it felt like a, like a betrayal, a betrayal that had been going on for a long time. But like, yeah. basically when you feel like somebody close to you has lied to you about really big things for a very long time, um, it didn't make me want to be around a bunch of people and talking to a bunch of people and all that stuff. It actually made me want to retreat and spend a lot of alone time. Mm. And like, yeah, maybe talk to my therapist, maybe be around my family. But other than that, like I had basically been betrayed by somebody so close to me. It didn't make me want to 
talk to a lot of other people close to me because I felt traumatized by it, you know? And so that's something too, where it's like, yes, sometimes your trauma is, does happen in your innermost circle with the people that you, that you thought you could trust for a long time. Yeah. And then that's broken. They're like, whoa, now what do I do? (laughs) How are it? Where do I turn? Yeah. Where do I turn? And so that's interesting too. Um, but yeah, in a much better place now, different place and talking to everybody again, but I really just wanted to like shut myself in a room for a long time. Yeah. Very weird. so to wrap up, although trauma can happen to anyone, um, not many of us know how traumatic experiences impact our mental and physical health even decades after the event. So mindfulness, support networks, yoga, and new techniques like neurofeedback are all essential tools for trauma sufferers as they learn to accept, cope with, and recover from their trauma. So um, yeah, it's it's so important. I think sometimes we just need that time to recheck in with our body. Um, we're going to do an episode soon with my craniosacral, um, practitioner. Yeah. That's Joey. She's amazing. And so we will be talking a lot about things stored in the body and how that impacts it. And we can get more into that on the episode, but I'm really excited to have her on because I think it's going to be a good, almost like follow up to this discussion. Yeah. I would love to have a PTSD, um, expert on too. Um, that would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah, if you, if you yeah. or somebody you know is that is that person, we invite you to to reach out to the show and let us know. Um, Definitely. That, yes. Anything else, Kelsey, that you want to share about any stuff? Like, is there a certain thing that helps you when you are feeling like you're <laughs> well? Funny timing because my cat Mia <laughs> jumped up on my lap, Aww. and I just have to say, sometimes it's so nice to have a pet or two that comes. I mean, it's been shown that cats uh, or an animal sitting on you can calm you down. And um, I had people, (laughs) crowd members come up to me after a show recently who were helpsters that were like, we love watching on YouTube and we love when Mia jumps on your lap. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I didn't even know that like people would notice or care. But yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, she's just the best. She's just my big snuggly teddy bear. But um, I love like anything I can do that gets me more in touch with my body. And sometimes that's really just sitting the fuck down and saying, I'm not going to look at my phone for a sec. I'm not going to make a phone call. I'm not going to go run an errand. It's like, just sit for a second and get in touch with your body again. Yeah. I'm like really trying to take breaks right now. Well, um, what's, what's today? Is it a Monday? Today's a Monday. So Mm -hmm. my grandfather, my grandpa passed away on Thursday, a few days ago. And, um, I'm just heartbroken by it. And I've, and I feel like really, um, obviously it's hard to lose. It's been hard to lose him, but it's the first experience I had, I've ever had in my life. I've, I've lost people before, but it's the first experience I've ever had when I was, I was there. Like I watched everything and I saw everything. And so I feel like I'm, I'm like grieving his loss, but also I think my body is I'm a bit traumatized by watching it happen, even though I really like really wanted to be there. I really wanted to be there (sighs) up until the last moment. So I just, um, like my body feels really heavy and feels very like, um, yeah, heavy. And like my, like I was saying, like, you know, your nerves are exposed or you're kind of waking up with that like shot feel like you've been electrocuted feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Yeah. I, I just have never experienced something like that before. So it's like, I really, really feel it in my body right now. And I feel like my stomach is really tight. My back is sore. Oh. Um, and I, I can feel where I'm holding it. You know what I mean? Like I'm really aware where I'm holding it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, it's, it's weird because I, I was just talking about this with a family member. I was my God, this is like day number one and day number two after losing him. I was like beating myself up to like not get over it already, but to like, I think for me, it's like my grandpa was 94. He lived so long. Like it's amazing. Um, he died like with his family around him in his sleep, very peacefully. It's like, you know, when you kind of think of like, for me, at least I'll speak for myself, how I wish I'll go at some point is in that way. Old, long, full life around, surrounded by loved ones peacefully in my sleep. And I was like, I knew it was going to be hard and upsetting, but like, it's totally knocked me on my ass. And I was like beating myself up. Like if this is how you respond to something that feels predictable and like was peaceful, you're fucked dude for other losses in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I'm like, wow, this is like, I knew it was going to happen. He was old, you know? Yeah. But it's I I it's it's just really weird how my one of my first reactions was to like beat myself up over how upset I was because I was like you're so you're so lucky that you have some people don't even get to meet their grandparents or they don't get to know oh. them or say goodbye I was like beating myself up like you had you have the best possible situation I was like not allowing myself to be upset oh it's so weird I'm so sorry. That's okay. But I'm like, I wonder if, you know, I'm wondering if other people can resonate with that where I'm almost feeling like I'm ungrateful if I grieve this. That's what I was telling myself. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, <sighs> grief looks so different to so many people. I've, I've seen posts online this past year about somebody losing some, someone close to them, multiple people seen multiple posts um, from different people about grief specifically and how it looks so different to them than they thought it would. Yeah. And that there are certain days where like sooner than they thought after the person passing, they felt quote unquote okay and like felt guilty for not being just a pile of tears every waking second within a couple days. But it's like, yeah. Your your body's also trying to just cope with what happened and balance you out and keep, you know keep you moving, keep you surviving. So it's like gr- whatever the societal pressure we have on grieving yeah. the quote unquote perfect way, it's like that's so fucked up yeah. that we are even putting that pressure on ourselves in the midst of grieving. Right. Yeah. I was like telling myself, like, it's not like you, cause I like, I watched my grandma lose her husband. I've watched my mom and my aunt lose their dad. It's like, it's not like you lost your, your parent or your, or your husband or something. You know, like I'm beating Ugh. myself up for grieving that it's my grandparent. Ugh. It's so, so weird. I didn't, so I was not expecting that, but like, right. yeah. So, you know, if you felt that way, I totally get it. And like, I'm just allowing myself, like, it's still, I'm still allowed to be upset. <laughs> Like giving my permission yeah. to be fucking devastated. No kidding. And so weird. You know, I mean, obviously we had we had talked very briefly yeah. um, about the passing. You know, I know you were 
you, you needed time. Yeah. And so I didn't know about the part that you had watched it. And I mean, that just like punched me in the stomach to hear that just now. Like, I can't imagine what you're feeling right now. Um, so weird, dude. It's a really weird experience. It's but really yeah, experience, I but, hope yeah. you give yourself that yeah. full permission to feel whatever you need to feel and know that it is totally okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah. I feel like just a couple nuggets about my grandfather. Like he was from Dublin, Ireland. He was a professional boxer. He loved a good cup of fucking tea several times a day. If you know, if you are curious to know where my love of tea comes from, I have like three cups of tea a day at the very least. Um, if you're ever wondering, I, we were talking about this, Kelsey. I say absolutely a lot, especially on this podcast. I say absolutely. So I, yeah. mm-hmm. That's because I grew up with my Irish grandpa saying absolutely, absolutely <laughs> to everything. He just thought everything was so fucking awesome um, because he grew up. I mean, God, he was alive for almost almost a, a century. So yeah. he he's seen war. He's seen unreal things. Like he grew up with his food being rationed, all that stuff. And so when he came to America, I think he just was so grateful for the most simple things. Like just like having, have being able to have multiple cups of tea in a day for him felt like the ultimate luxury because wow. when he was younger, his, his tea was rationed for the family. That wasn't a thing that yeah. you could do. It was very, so I think he really has taught me to just appreciate all of the little, sorry, I'm to cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, babe. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird that we're doing this episode. <laughs> I know. It's weird because we just did the, um, the burnout episode when you were in like a really bad bout of burnout and you were talking it from burnout and I'm right. like talking from grief. Right. So. Oh, babe. Oh. I, I guess, we're, I don't know. Do we want to edit this out? I don't really know. I don't really give a fuck. It's Might up to as you. well just share it. <laughs> it's, so, it's up to you. It's totally on you. Yeah. I just like, uh, it's so hard to not be able to just hug you right now. I hate to see you cry and not get to like oh. do anything about it. Um, yeah. So if you're going through it, we're, <laughs> we're here for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, babe. Well, he sounds am- amazing. He was so much fun. So much fun. Just, yeah. Just always so joyous, like such a, always in the delighted to see you. And like, you know, his presence was really big. Like, you know, his laugh was very big, very infectious. Um, the way he greeted you was like, Delaney, my love, you know, like he would just like, like, but he did that to everybody. If you walked into a room, it was like, you were a fucking celebrity and he was so happy to have you there. So yeah, I learned a lot of special. Yeah. He was so cool. And I'm, yeah. So it's nice to be able to share him. Like I never thought I'd be in a position where I would be speaking into a microphone about him where other people could you know, yeah, about him. So making me all, you know, <laughs> now. <laughs> anyway, um, hug the people that you love today and yes, take care of always. yourself. We love you. Yeah. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in and we'll, we'll see you next time. Yes, we will. Bye guys. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah.